are the sacred collective. All are respected. All are heard. All are welcomed. Join us. Welcome to the Sacred Collective. This is Brian coming at you. And we have another homily this week, so I hope you enjoy and interact with us on Instagram or our Facebook page. We would love to hear what you think about this. Frankenstein and the Necessity of Love One of my favorite movies of all time is the 1931 classic movie Frankenstein. This original black-and-white masterpiece of a film in the horror genre transcends the decades over the decades of one of the best horror movies ever created. This theatrical retelling of the Mary Shelley novel is the backbone of modern horror movies. Many horror films give credence to this film as the first major horror film and paved the way for artists and filmmakers for almost a century now. You might be wondering to yourself, why is Brian going to talk about Frankenstein as a homily? Well, this film is much more than a monster film. It is a tale of love, hope, depravity, lament, many things we as humans today wrestle with and deal with. This homily will not be an exhaustive retelling of the film. Go watch this film if you have not. However, I will briefly hit some points of this film to show how this film is so beautiful and a tale that speaks to us all. Dr. Frankenstein is a mad scientist who is hell-bent on creating this creature on, in his lab on top of the castle he lives in. We see in this film that he has created many creepy things already. The doctor and his assistant are digging graves as grave robbers to procure limbs from the dead in order to create this most precious creation, a new sort of human, a monster. We see in the film that this underachieving assistant goes to the local university to steal a brain. However, he mistakenly steals a brain that is in many ways defective. We see that most iconic, most iconic scene as it's a rainy, stormy night. He needs the electricity from the lightning. We see him hoist this large table up to the top of this uh, well-like um, edifice and we see that most or we hear that most uh, poignant cry it's alive as a boastful proclamation of what he just did it is I find it very interesting that the doctor has a certain God quality about him he wants to create life he wants to create life out of nothing sound familiar he is creating in the Imagio Day, which is the image of God. However, he is his own God, so he created life out of his own image. Further on in the film, we see the monster escape and enter the village. The town folk are mortified that the monster and they want and the town folk want to kill the monster. The monster flees, scared, frightened, not knowing what to do. I want to focus now on the real humanness that the monster has. We are made to think that this monster is out to attack and destroy and to kill. However, this monster wants, all that this monster wants to be is love and accepted. 
And there's a line in this movie and in the next Bride of Frankenstein, which I'll get to in a second, that he looks and he says the word friend, question mark. Are we as humans longing for this as well? To be loved, to have acceptance, to be treated well? I believe we all have that hole in us that craves interaction, acceptance, the hope that others will show us this. I think this is what's at the core of Mary Shelley in her novel. I believe that this novel is a novel dealing with morality. It's how we're supposed to treat one another and how we ultimately fail at doing so. At the end of the film, we see the town folk have taken Dr. Frankenstein and the creature to this, it looks like this old, old school windmill. And they trap both the doctor and Frankenstein in it. Or excuse me, Dr. Frankenstein and the monster in it. They set it ablaze. And the camera pans out. And we are left with the sense that both are dead. And that we as the town folk have killed him. And the sequel to Frankenstein is the 1935 film, The Bride of Frankenstein. We see the end of this wonderful tale. We see that both the monster and the doctor are clearly not dead. The town folk are bewildered by this and everyone is in a panic. I know I'm going to be jumping around here. I'm, as I said, it's not exhaustive, but later on in the film, we see a new mad doctor, Dr. Pretorius, who wants to create a new creature much like Dr. Frankenstein. After a lot of persuasion, Dr. Pretorius finds Dr. Frankenstein and somehow um, manages to um, have both Dr. Frankenstein and Dr. Pretorius. They both have this handshake deal that they're going to create this new life. I should say to, to make it, um, so I'm giving credence to where it is. The Dr. Pretorius has kidnapped Dr. Frankenstein's, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his wife. So in a way he was tricked and, um, coerced into doing it. But as I said, instead of creating a man, which was doctor, which was the creature, the monster, they team up and create woman. I think this is a very macabre retelling of the story of Adam and Eve. Instead of God creating man and woman in God's own image, we see two evil doctors creating life in their own image. These doctors even refer to themselves in ways declaring that they are now like God. There's even a line in the in this film that said, we are gods amongst monsters. I am left with questions about love. Frankenstein wants to be loved. He wants another to love him. I find it fascinating that in this horror film, one of the main themes is love. You don't really get that from horror movies. But not just love, but the necessity of love and to love. I obviously don't agree with all the antiquated gender norms that is pushed on us. We have to realize this movie was made in the 30s. Obviously, they dealt with sexuality, gender norms, all that stuff. It didn't really have to be a woman. The gender, 
and the gender norms of women only being helpmates is wrong, antiquated, and very patriarchal. However, the theme of love and the and the idea of making this monster a mate cannot be lost on us. Are we not as humans seeking that connectivity with one another, whether it be in romance or not? Love and acceptance is at the core of the human condition. We all want it. We all crave it. We all need it. The Frankenstein tale shows us as the audience, the reader of the novel, or when we watch the films, that we all need love and acceptance, and we hope for it. Frankenstein is also a tale of how we as humans can be some of the most vile creatures, destroying others who don't look like us or act like us. Frankenstein is a tale that shows shows us that sometimes we are the very worst of humanity. It also shows that we need love in whatever context that may be. One of the last lines in the film is when the monster looks at the bride and says, We belong dead together. I don't think we belong dead together. But I do think we need to be alive with one another. We need to have community, friendships, relationships. I hope as you hear this, that if you have not watched these two amazing films, please go back and watch them. Interact with them. Let these films speak to you like they did to me. I hope you can find the metaphors in them. If not, just enjoy some good old classic horror monster films from the 30s. If you take anything away from this homily, it is this. We all need love and connectivity with one another. We are in this together. Treat each other with respect and acceptance. We have the necessity to do so. I also want to further convey, um, and I know I, I, I'm looking and it's only been 10 minutes that I've been talking and I've probably covered two and a half hours of film in 10 minutes. Um, that's the dummy note version of Frankenstein though. But, um, I really do think that Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein are both tales, as I said, of the love, acceptance, um, hope, lament. And you might be saying, well, where's there a lament in there? But the creature many times has, it craves, you can tell, it craves the attention, craves that friendship. And throughout the the film Frankenstein and then the Bride of Frankenstein, you can see several instances. Uh, I, I think it's in the second film is the bride where you see the creature go into this cabin, uh, into this house, into the woods. He escapes and goes there and he sees this man and he sees this man, but the man can't see him because the man is blind. And so we see that this man is blind and we cannot see in, in ways the deformity of, of Frankenstein. Um, you can't see Frankenstein's skin. Um, I think race plays somewhat of a thing in there. If you watch some behind the scenes, obviously it's a black and white film. So you, you can only see the black and white features, but, uh, when they were filming it, the, the, 
um, actor who played it, Boris Karloff, who played the creature, his, um, the, all the makeup and stuff they put on him were green and bluish. And so this creature looked different, not just skin color, but he had, um, limbs obviously that were taken from other people. He was this hodgepodge of a creation from this evil doctor. We also see in another scene where in the Bride of Frankenstein, we see that Frankenstein or that the creature is running, you know, through, I don't know, I don't know if you want to call it a park or garden, a forest area. And he's just trying to make sense of where he is, trying to get his bearings, not wanting to get caught. And you see this um, young woman walking, I don't know if it's with her dog or a goat or whatever, and she is so mortified when she sees the creature. And of course she screams and she's hysterical and the creature's not knowing what is going on. And he, uh, and the woman just gets so bewildered, so out of sorts that she faints and falls into this lake. And what does the creature do? Even with this deformed brain that he has, he, when she goes in the water, obviously she's going to drown. And so he tries to wake her up. He takes her up out of the water and starts um, talking to her in his grunting and guttural things. And then he, you know, tries to like hit her faces, be if they're okay. And then right after that happens, you see two town folk with guns and their dogs shoot him and say, you know, go away, monster, go away. And that scene sticks out to me because how often are we the town folk? And when we see people that are different than us, who act different like us, then look different than us, how often do we treat them unfairly? I'm not saying we're going to take out a gun and shoot them, but how often do we push them away? Do not want to hear their story. Don't understand where they're from, what their whole background is about. I'm also left one of the last scenes in the bride of Frankenstein and the bride is only probably within the last five minutes, 10 minutes of the film. And of course the doctors are falling over themselves at what they created, but the bride is screaming guttural, you know, just woke up. And as I said earlier in this homily, you see this, uh, one of the most iconic lines in the film is throughout throughout these two films you literally can tell that the creature just wants to be accepted and loved you see him uh wanting to be friend he says it more than one time he looks at someone friend and and when the doctor when dr frankenstein is like why did i create you what did you what do you want now that you're this living breathing thing what do you want and I, I, I don't know if I'm putting the words in, into the movie or not, but you can tell he wants that connectivity. He wants friendship. He says it more than once. The monster does friend question mark. And all along throughout this film, you see that none of these people, none of the town folks, the doctors, no one looks at the monster or the bride as friend, but just as a sick, nasty, vile creature. And I think that's the moral tale of whoever these monsters are, the creature 
as we call Frankenstein, which is not the creature or the bride of the creature. And that iconic line is we belong together, or we belong dead together. It's creepy because that is literally the last line that is spoke in the film is we belong dead together. And as I said earlier in the homily, I don't think we belong dead together. I think we belong alive together. But so often with our friendships, our connectivity, they end because we cannot love one another. We can't accept one another. So I want to leave you with, I know that might be, this might seem like a stretch for some people like Brian, how did you find this in this? I love watching movies and sometimes I find theology in it. Sometimes I find, you know, metaphors. And I think there was a lot of metaphors in this film of godlike characters of, of, um, and evil, evil dictatorish, I guess, type people and the doctors, the town folk as so many people that aren't accepting of others. And then the, I don't know who would really be the creatures, but I think it's a moral tale of how we need to love and accept and care and be kind to one another. So I hope you can take that away from this homily. Um, if you like it, share it with friends, family, whoever, um, and just, you know, contact us on the, on Instagram, send us a shout out, send us a comment. Um, we're really, really excited to do these homilies. I also want to, um, say that we have some other good content coming out. We have, I want to say, um, three interviews lined up. Uh, I know we're, we're, uh, trying to get out of this pandemic. And unfortunately right now, as I'm recording this myself, Brian, my wife, Amanda, who's part of the sacred collective and her daughter are quarantining because my brother, um, unfortunately got COVID. So, um, yeah, we're going to be connected to the, the Instagram. You want to email us at the, uh, at sacred collective at gmail.com. We'll be checking that. Just connect us, connect with us. Um, in any way, if you want to, um, we also would appreciate any, any five star reviews. I would even take a four star review. Um, let us, that's how, how we grow as a podcast. If you like, like us, if you want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. We're going to be updating very soon some, some of our Patreon levels. Um, so you can check that out here in the next couple of weeks. And I also want to end with, um, we just ordered stickers and they're coming. Um, it's, it's about two by two inches and it's, it's circular and it's just, um, our logo, like that skull with sacred collective on it. We're super excited about it. We only got 50 cause we want to see how, uh, how those go, how they'll sell. Um, so that's going to be up on, on our site soon up on Instagram. You'll be able to buy them through, um, through PayPal. And we're just asking $2. Um, per sticker, um, because that helps offset some of the costs. And frankly, it's going to go back into supporting the podcast. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, thank you for opening your mind at listening to a homily about Frankenstein. And we'll see you on the interwebs. And thank you for enjoying and being listeners to Sacred Collective. Bye. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at SacredMN. That was a post-Christian podcast.